in our third session in a mini-series on prayer. So the first one was about how to make a difference in prayer, how to uh, impact the world around you with your prayers, and how important your prayers are to change things. So kind of prophetic prayer, changing the world through your prayers. And the second one was about uh, how to encounter God in prayer, how to live in intimacy with God in prayer. And this one, because it's timely, um, I thought we would look at corporate prayer, the importance and the value of praying together. In 1970, a man called Derek Prince met with some of his associates in a hotel room in Fort Lauderdale in Florida because they're organization that they were all associated with had just revealed that they were in a bit of a mess. They were in a lot of debt and the guy who founded the organization was found to have a very compromised private life. And so Derek with a few of his friends met together in a hotel room to see what on earth they were going to do. It says this, horrified by what they had discovered, Derek Mumford, Basham and Simpson gathered in a hotel suite at the Gout Ocean Mile Hotel on October the 8th, 1970. After discussing the crisis for a short while, the four knelt to pray. As Derek recounted, God did something very sovereign and supernatural. When we rose, everyone knew, without speaking a word or asking a question, that God had in some way united us together spiritually. It was not something we asked God to do. It was not something we anticipated. Mumford agreed. On a hotel room floor, Don, Charles, Derek and I encountered God and we encountered one another. Prayer has the power to knit us together in a unique and completely supernatural way. The Bible describes that bond that we can have when we unite as believers to pray as the unity of the Spirit. Ephesians 4 says this, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. The unity of the Spirit is a gift of God, and it takes friendship to a completely different level. Many times in my life I've felt this gift come in a way that, that changes my relationships with people. I remember when I first met Mary, Obviously, I was very excited about meeting Mary. Uh, I, I, was, I was into Mary straight away. She was so exciting to me. Uh, we fell in love very quickly. But when we prayed together right from the off. From the very first time we met, we prayed together. And there was something about when Mary and I prayed together that cemented our relationship very, very quickly. And when we prayed together, what I sensed was it was like a green light from God to proceed. 
It was beyond how I felt. It was beyond what I wanted. There was a sense that God was smiling over our relationship that was beginning to blossom. And that's why I bought a ring within three weeks of meeting him. <laughs> I just felt that that was okay. And that God was fine with this. And I've had other times as well where prayer has just been the deciding factor. I remember when I first started at Spurgeons, when I was training to be a Baptist minister, I met with my colleagues and we hit it off quite quickly. They were a great bunch of people. Uh, there's uh, five or six of us that really quickly gelled together, just as friends. Um, but we prayed together from the beginning. In the very first bit of orientation, there was, a, there was a reflection time, and we were encouraged to go and pray together. And when we prayed together, we sensed that, a bit like Derek Prince and his associates, we sensed that God had put us together for a reason. And as we began to pray with one another and to listen to one another and listen to God together, there was like a pulling together that happened with us, and we realized we were part of something very special, that God had put us in that place for that season for a reason. And there was a, a bond in the Holy Spirit that we had right from the beginning. And so very quickly, we realized that the Spurgeon's program didn't automatically give a lot of time for prayer. So we had to initiate that ourselves, and we started prayer club, which is a bit like fight club, but with prayer. <laughs> First rule of prayer club, tell no one about prayer club. <laughs> So every week we tried to meet just for uh, an hour and a half or so, just to, to pray for one another, to support one another, but also to listen to God about what God wanted to do while we were going to be ministers in this country, and to broaden our minds. It's also the lifeblood of our leadership team. We get on well together as people, we're very close as people, as friends, as family, some of us. Um, but actually it's when we pray together that that bond really is felt, that that's, we feel the strength of the team. When we come to God in prayer, we just feel that unity, that deep bond we have together. It's a gift. It's a gift to marriages, if you have it. It's not always possible, but it is a gift to marriage. If, if you're married and you're both believers, I want to encourage you to make the most of that gift of prayer. It's a gift to small groups. You know, we can be ourselves with those who we get to know very well. When we're together as a small group, it can be such a, a powerful gift when we can be absolutely open and honest in prayer and share our lives in prayer. It brings a small group together in the most phenomenal way. Sometimes it can even be a gift to workplaces, you know, if you've got fellow believers at work. But it makes all the difference. When we pray together, we open up. We find one another in a unique way. We find ourselves open to one another and to the Lord. I actually don't think there's a quicker way to get to know someone than to pray with them. I think 10 minutes of prayer is more effective at getting to know someone than months of banter and small talk. When we're conscious of the presence of God, there's a strange thing that happens where our facades <coughs> begin to drop away. We have to get real. There are things that we sometimes feel that we can pray about, but we would never say. Why is that? There are things.
things that we would say out loud in prayer with another person that we simply wouldn't drop into the conversation. And we find ourselves saying them in prayer. In prayer mode, we can't help but reveal what most captures our hearts, and we spill out our deepest desires. And we also find it strangely easier to be honest about our fears. Maybe it's because we're talking to an all-knowing God who knows it all anyway. There's no point in wearing a mask or denying what's really in there. Or maybe it's because of his unconditional love. And that when we enter God's presence in prayer and we sense that God is for us and with us, there's something disarming about that. And we find that we can be honest in a way that maybe we can't be honest in any other way. But whatever it is, we just open like flowers to the sun when we pray together. There's a freedom in the Holy Spirit to be ourselves. We also learn when we pray together. We learn about how to pray, about what God is like, about what this Christian life is really all about. We reveal something of our relationship with God when we talk to God with each other. The guy called Jack Miller says, when you pray with others, you can tell if a man or a woman is really on speaking terms with God. That's in Tim Keller, that Tim Keller book on prayer. Some of you may be thinking, well, I'll never pray with you again. Because <laughs> you'll know, you'll know how connected I am with God. You might be judging my prayer life. Well, that's not going to happen. We're not judgmental in prayer. All honest prayer is good and acceptable to God, and it needs to be good and acceptable to us as well. And if you're somebody who finds praying out loud difficult, I want to encourage you to keep going, to push through the pain barrier until it's comfortable. Because sharing in prayer is one of the most precious things we do. And somehow you've got to learn to jump in and join in with the flow of prayer with people around you. You can't grow unless you have a go. So just gather your best thoughts, stir up the passion in your heart, direct it towards the Lord, open your mouth and jump in. And whatever you come out with is good enough. Your prayers enrich everybody else. And take that prayer meeting to somewhere new. I really do think it's, it's, it's wonderful to share one another's prayers. And to listen to one another in prayer. Especially when you're praying with somebody who has a deep friendship with God. I've actually learned so much about what is possible in terms of my relationship with God. Just from listening to godly people pray. When they chat to God, you understand how they relate. And that opens the way for me to know that it's, it's possible for me to relate to God in the same way. And I think it was like that with Jesus. When people heard Jesus pray, they were inspired. When the disciples sat in and listened on Jesus talking with his Father in the presence of the Holy Spirit, it was just so inspiring, just listening to this conversation happening, that the disciples went to Jesus and said, would you teach us to pray? We want to learn to pray like that. We can learn so much. And we can also enjoy what prayer does between us 
One of the most powerful things that prayer does is it, it overturns disunity amongst us. gives us the ability to heal broken relationships. The unifying power of the Spirit is so strong that it can reconcile people who have completely broken relationships. In my experience, there's a timing to this. You can't always pray when you are hurt and angry and you're right in the moment. And if someone says, right, come on, let's just stop this and pray, it's not always easy to pray in that moment. Sometimes you've got to come to God first and get your own heart sorted out. You've got to uh, receive a measure of healing and uh, receive a measure of forgiveness for yourself and for the other person and to come through it and let the dust settle a little bit. But there comes a time when you're ready to forgive and you're ready to put it right and you want to come back together. There is something about prayer that just cements that reconciliation and can rebuild relationships that have been completely destroyed. There is no power greater than prayer for that. The Holy Spirit can kind of knit you back together in prayer. Some of us were here the other night when Steve Jones came to speak to us on the leadership training evening. And Steve spoke about, well, he shared his heart. He also spoke about the, his history of bringing churches together in the city of Jackson in the States. And these churches were completely divided. And there had been some long history amongst these churches. And there had been some bad blood between these churches. And, and some of them had, were very suspicious of one another. And little by little, he started to gather leaders from different church denominations together. And befriend them. And just serve them. And just try and find out what it was that, that was dividing them. And to bring them together. And he did it in stages. He, he, the Holy Spirit allowed him to build bridges slowly across these groups. And then they realized that there was still a black-white divide. And they had to then go after the black pastors and say, why is it that we don't do anything together and start befriending them? And all of a sudden, there was this huge unity movement that began to grow. But through it, Steve's heart was really challenged about how he perceived other Christians. And his theology was challenged. And his way of doing church and his appreciation of different expressions of worship was challenged. It was like God was breaking his heart for the other Christians until he came to a point where he felt so passionately about these other believers from these other groups that he was willing to, to sacrifice enormously that they be blessed. He really wanted to put them first in his life. And so there was, there, it became possible to have a sort of giving and receiving of resources and a real selling out for each other. But the way that Steve spoke, it was very much like, this is not an optional extra, this is part of our worship. If you love Jesus, you have to love his body. And that there is a unity of the spirit that is possible as we begin to agree with God, that is extremely powerful and is worth giving yourself up for. Reconciliation from decades of bad relationship can happen because when they started to pray together, that was really when God did the profound work of healing in Jackson. And it can be like that in our families as well. And it can be like that in our marriages as well. When you've had one of those big to-dos that you have sometimes. When we can pray together afterwards. 
is, has an amazing way of just bringing us back together, bringing ourselves before God, allowing God to come in and do a new work. So powerful. Now, there are some undeniable spiritual principles brought to bear when we unite in prayer. Principle number one, when we agree, God promises to act. God intervenes in human affairs. Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20. Truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. And this one, John, 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. There's not a lot of eyes and me's in there, is there? I'll read it again. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. This is like a divine principle, as far as I can understand it through scripture and how I've understood it in my experience. It's like God has an idea and he shares it with us. And we say, yeah, okay. And then we come together with other believers and we share what God seems to be saying. And together we say, yes, okay. And it's like God hears our yes, okay. And he looks back and says, yeah, okay. Let's do this, whatever it is. And then God begins to pour out his spirit in a phenomenal way. God wants our agreement. Not because he needs it. He can do what he likes. But because we're family. And God loves us to be involved. So he shares his heart with us and he wants us to do the same. He wants to be one with us. That was Jesus' prayer. That we would be one as he and the Father are one. That's how he loves to work. Second principle, this is another eternal principle. When we unite in prayer, God shows up. The Lord manifests his presence amongst us. Matthew 18, 19 and 20 again. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father who is in heaven. And where two or three gather in my name, there I I love that. Absolutely love that verse. See, the great point of prayer is not getting things from God. It's getting God. It's getting to be with Him. And perhaps this benefit alone is enough to inspire you to take that next opportunity to get together with some other Christians and to pray with company. Because God presences Himself when we get together in this way in a unique way. We just feel his presence more powerfully when we get together in the Holy Spirit. 
But there is a bit of a health warning here. This can be highly addictive. <laughs> and it always has been. The early church were prayer meeting junkies. Right from the beginning. They discovered the joys of corporate prayer from their very earliest days. And they just couldn't stay away. Acts 1 verse 14, all of them with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. Acts 2 verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Acts chapter 12, this is where Peter is in prison and the church are praying. And Peter gets sprung out of prison by an angel, and then he follows the angel through the streets. And then the angel disappears, and Peter kind of comes to his senses thinking, what has just happened? I'm actually now outside the prison, and this angel's gone. What do I do? He kind of wakes up. So what does he do? Acts 12, verse 12. When he realized this, he went straight to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where they were gathered for... It was like, he was saying, well, where else would they be? He knew exactly where they would be. It was a habit. It was a way of life. And these meetings were powerful. They were phenomenally powerful. Through prayer, they sent people out to share the gospel. Through these prayer meetings, as we've already mentioned, they broke people out of prison. Through these simple, humble prayer meetings, they set off earthquakes. They escaped attackers. They avoided arrests. And they watched God move like a tsunami of blessing right across Europe and the Middle East. Watching God impact the lives of individuals and overturn power structures through their simple, humble prayer meetings. The prayer meetings is, were where things got done. Paul was a leading light in the, this first surge of the kingdom. And Paul, right through his letters, he covets the agreement of, in prayer from other believers more than anything else. He repeatedly wrote to groups of believers saying, Please, would you pray for me? Just listen to these. Romans 15, verse 30. I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 11. You help us by your prayers. Many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favour granted to us in answer to the prayers of many. Ephesians 6, from verse 18. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me, that whatever I speak, the words that are given to me, I will deliver them fiercely and make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in, I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. 
Colossians 4, verse 3. Two and, two and three. Devote yourselves to prayer. Being watchful and thank you, thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, and that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honoured, just as it was with you. And pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. Romans, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, 2 Thessalonians. Basically, Paul is saying the same thing to everybody. Please, would you pray for me? Stick to prayer. Why? Why? Paul was a teacher of the art of prayer. He was perfectly capable of praying for himself, but he coveted the prayers of his believing friends. Why? Because it made such an impact on his life, and it made such an impact on his work with the gospel. Things were radically different when he knew people were praying. It was the greatest game changer. Paul understood that God poured out his grace in greater measure when his people persisted in prayer with one heart and mind. God is very famous. This is probably one of the most famous verses on corporate prayer. If, big if that, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Second Chronicles 7 verse 14. God has been clear about this from the ancient days. He planned to respond with power when the people of God come together with humble hearts, seeking Him and looking to His will. And He wants to do that today, in our day. Before we break into groups for prayer, because I want to get to praying, I want to finish this whole morning by getting to prayer, because it's good to talk about it, it's better to do it. But before I do, I just want to give you just some inspiration about what God is doing in the UK in our day. There was, there's a, a movement called, movement, well it's an organisation called Gather. And there's a guy, I'm trying to remember his name, Roger Sutton. I met this guy called Roger Sutton at a conference last March who was commissioned by the Evangelical Alliance to research the prayer unity movements around the United Kingdom because we were increasingly aware that there was these spontaneous little prayer movements amongst churches springing up all over the place. So Roger Sutton was given the, the task of just, just traveling the country, finding out what these were about, collecting data to feed back the Evangelical Alliance. Is it, and he, he, what he found was there were far more of them 
and they were very similar, a lot of them, in their flavour, and that they'd all sprung up in the last decade, in recent years. And he was just so excited about his findings when he was sharing at this conference. And so now the Gather do um, conferences where they will gather people from these unity movements to come together to share about what God is doing and to encourage people to work cross-denominationally for transformation in towns and cities. And Gather now has over 300 prayer movements listed in, in towns and villages and cities across the country. Sorry. It's 120, not 300. I want to be clear. Listen to this. This is from the website. All over this country, in cities, towns and villages, God has been doing a hidden work. Christian leaders and churches over the last 20 years have been forming vibrant, mission-focused unity movements based on the foundation of prayer and, and friendship. So far, we've uncovered more than 120 such movements in towns and cities all over the UK, and we expect to find more examples of these extraordinary partnerships. These are people who are fed up with working in isolation from or in competition with other churches in their area. They are laying down theological and cultural differences for the sake of reaching their local area with the love of Christ. They are taking seriously the prayer of Jesus. May they be brought into complete unity to let the world know that you sent me. That's phenomenal. This is a, a spontaneous work of the Holy Spirit across the country. Here in Totnes, we're seeing the same thing. There is a renewed desire to unite in prayer. Week after next, the clergy from four different denominations are meeting together just to pray before the festival. Whenever I've met with them in the past, the default is to plan, because there's always so much to do. But we are just determined to be able to set in motion uh, a regular opportunity to meet up, not with an agenda, not to get stuff done, not to plan, but to pray, because we know that's where stuff really gets done, and to build our friendship. The Archbishop of Canterbury has had an unprecedented response to his call to prayer right now through Thy Kingdom Come Prayer Initiative. He's been overwhelmed at the uptake right across the globe where Christians are coming together to pray. And so next week we're joining in as a church. We're going to be, as Polly's already shared, we're going to be praying in gardens and at mealtimes with prayer breakfasts and 24-hour sustained prayer leading to Pentecost. What a time of year. It's going to be awesome. So get involved where you can. All of this, and this is just what I want to leave with you, all of this is moving towards a fresh move of God in our country. When God begins to stir up people to unite and to pray, it's with a purpose. And we really believe God is going to do something special in our day. It's a great sign. So, enough talking. Who's up for some praying? I've got some pictures on the wall, some, some notices. We'd really love to pray as we're approaching this Topness Christian Festival. We know that it runs on prayer, so we really want to be able to pray into what God is doing 
in our town through this unity movement in the churches. And so we've got three stations uh, around the room that we want to finish our morning praying into some of these things.